the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on the KDOW app and the Odyssey app. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Took a couple days off last week, but I'm biggity, biggity back. I'm glad to be here. I do take time off from time to time, and when I do, I typically surrender my phone for at least 72 hours, if not longer. It's weird. I know. You're saying, yeah, I kind of know where you're at, Rob. Lots going on in the markets. I did pit take a peek at clocked in higher for the week. Good week to take off. Things are on autopilot, it feels like. Not a lot of drama for the mama. Not a lot of drama for Lorenzo Lama. But there's a lot of great stories out there to digest and to mull through. Apple's going to have a big product launch on Tuesday. Probably some new iPads. Something that's magical. Apple's iPad business showed lackluster growth in the mid-2010s, but the pandemic helped. Now, with all of their success in the last decade, we're kind of looking at what do they do with that iPad? Because it's been the lackluster baby, so to speak, the child that's been left behind. But everything else is clicking with their phones and their services. So the big question that's crept in in the last 10 years is not only can they find product like iPad to can that be a spark for them? But they have to continually face Facebook as a competitor, Epic, who has Riot Games and uh, Fortnite lawsuits going against Apple. Spotify is always out there. Lawmakers around the world love going after big companies and throwing fines at them. Helps them get reelected with sound bites. Mr. Tim Apple. I love that Trump called him Tim Apple because I think it's actually a pretty good name. Um, Tim Cook's okay. Tim Apple is funny. Mr. Tim Apple, your I company, know what's good and bad. Your company is 
is bad. And my voters feel like your company is bad. So you're going to hear a lot of sound bites over the next couple of months uh, against Apple, against Facebook, against a lot of them as, as senators, congressmen decide, let's run for re-election. Let's, let's show our citizens that we've represented them and get some sound bites into some of our re-election commercials. So I'm not expecting a lot from the big event Tuesday. The iPad's not going to be the story for me. The car, maybe. Services, yes. Augmented reality glasses, oh, I so want to believe. But again, until me and my buddy watch the Super Bowl together with big augmented reality headsets on, I, I, I just don't feel it's commercially the norm. A friend of mine got headsets, Oculus Rest for his kids two years ago. First six months were very exciting. My kids wanted one. My kids wanted one. My kids were peeing themselves. So they're like, we, we want that. That's cool. Um, I talked to him over the weekend. He said, they haven't touched the augment, uh, virtual reality headset in a year and a half. So I'm a little bit... Eh, I, I see the action going on there. But when does it get mainstream, widestream appeal? And when is it just kind of a bullet shot into, let's release it, see if it sticks? Uh, that doesn't... There's a lot more lasting allure. There's more of a trade in the headline news of augmented reality headset coming. Trade. The investment mainstream is when you do watch a game with your friend. So, I don't know. Obviously, there's some crazy cool uses for it. Like being in the front row of a concert. Dig that idea. Watching the Super Bowl, not so much. And the one area that I, I kind of give you the example of, it didn't become mainstream and you could kind of see it coming, were 3D TVs. Do you remember 3D TVs about 10 years ago? I had a friend who was kind of a mentor towards, and uh, she'd give me updates on her love life. She'd give me updates on her business life. She'd give me updates on networking and things like that. And she goes, oh, yeah, I went on a date with a guy and he wanted to show me his 3D TV. I'm like, is that the way he's trying to get you back into his apartment? And the answer was, yep. She, I go, did you see it? Because I was trying to like be, how shall we say, uh, participating in sexy talk or sexy banter. And she goes, I'm not telling you I saw it or not. Let's just say I still don't want one. <laughs> so until she wants it, it's kind of a trick to show people how tech savvy you are. And that's why 3D TVs have never really caught on. I'm not even sure the curved TV has caught on. Although I'm sure some of you have curved TVs and 3D TVs and you're telling me I don't know what I'm missing. Foldable TV? No. Notice Apple hasn't come out with one of those foldable screens yet. Will they? Yes, when it's mainstream. Do they need to now? No, they're the number one at what they do. So anyway, big week this week. We have a lot of earnings. And to me, that's probably where I'm going to be focusing a lot on. Today, United Airlines and Coca-Cola, as well as IBM. Don't really care about IBM. I'm interested in United and what they say about travel. Coca-Cola has already said something interesting to me, saying that levels of soda consumption are back to pre-pandemic levels. Tomorrow, we get Johnson Johnson. I'll be interested in hearing what they say about their poking of people in the arms with vaccination. Even though I know they're a well-diversified business, I don't care. I want to hear the data on the COVID. 
Harley Davidson. I want to see how they're doing in the world of electric vehicles. Joe Biden, and he has to be the biggest enemy to Harley Davidson. Like the two just don't work together as a visual because Biden's administration is all about electric vehicles and clean energy. And Harley Davidson's all about gas guzzling cogs that make loud noises. Although they have said they're getting into the EVs. But do you really want an electric motorcycle? If Tesla makes it, sure. But you know what Tesla, Elon Musk said? He'll never make a motorcycle. You know why? He says a lot of people die on motorcycles. Which is interesting because over the weekend on Saturday in Texas, there was an accident at Tesla that killed two people. The driver didn't die. The passenger and the person in the back seat dead. The mystery here is there was no driver. So were they playing around with the autonomous driving features? Or were they waiting at a CVS to go in and buy Beyond Meat Burgers, which is actually a thing? Some people believe the United States could get better health and nutrition by companies like CVS offering healthier choices in their stores. Because some of the seniors in America, they only shop at CVS. They pick up their prescriptions. They pick up frozen food. They're done. Whoa. So we have an interesting week of earnings. Wednesday, we get ASM Lithography, who makes semiconductor equipment. Semiconductors are are screwed. We are seeing massive disruptions that are going to last through 2021 and will hit earnings. Chipotle Mexican Girl reports on Wednesday. How are they doing with the pandemic? Uh, Verizon, a uh, stock that I like. It's got a little bit of growth and a little bit of income. But they have some problems, like they bought Yahoo as their solution to be an internet player. Ugh. Thursday, we get Freeport, MacRan, Copper, and Gold. Copper is a reopening trade. Gold is a fear trade against the dollar and inflation. Oh, I'll pay attention to Freeport, MacRan, Copper, and Gold. Then we get Snap on Thursday. As well as AT&T, is HBO Max going to help or are we going to continue to ignore it? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. I want to remind you that I'm dedicated to getting into retirement. Every single day, I'm going to try to put together an hour, two hours that have at least somewhere between four to eight ideas that I think you should know. And if you walk away with one per day, I think you're a better investor. I'm stoked. Um, here's an interesting one. We know there's a reopening trade, right? Airlines are beefing up their domestic summer schedules with big jets. Now, let me explain what this means to me and to what it could potentially mean. The Boeing 787 Dreamliner has a range of 7,500 miles. Now, I don't know the difference between a nautical mile and miles. I Trust me, that's lost on me. I care, can it get me from San Francisco to Japan without running out of fuel and crashing into the ocean? 
That's what I've always thought about the 787 Dreamliner, is that one day when I go from San Francisco to Sydney, or San Francisco to Beijing, or San Francisco to Europe, I'm going to be flying on this big honking Dreamliner. A couple years ago, when, it, when they first introduced the 787, it was a big new product for Boeing. And airlines were super stoked. The interesting thing about it was it had a lithium-ion battery in its cockpit that started smoking a couple times in the first three months of flight. So Nippon Airways had to like take it out of service for a couple months and figure out what's going on. We don't want this to crash. Um, but it can hold a lot of people, 285 people. American Airlines is waiting and chomping at the bit to send me to Sydney again because those round trips are $1,600 tickets. Round trips to LA, $200. So American Airlines, is they're salivating. But this summer, they've dedicated their 787 Dreamliner fleet not to international, but to Chicago to Orlando. American Airlines, big hub in Chicago. So you kind of get the idea there, right? But my brother just had a child, and he lives in Japan with his wife. And I'm like, I can't come visit. He can't come visit. My mother passed away in February from COVID. She's one of the more than 550,000 Americans who have died, the number three leading cause of death last year. Let's not forget that. The people who were like, oh, it's no big thing. It's just a cold. You're wrong. Math has shown us that. But... America and Delta are now starting to really ramp up ideas on how we come out of the pandemic. I use American and Delta as my examples here because Southwest is important, but Southwest has always been kind of a domestic flyer anyway. They're not known for their trips across the Pacific or across the Atlantic. Delta and American Airlines are. So now again, you can always go Qantas and other airlines too. But you get the idea, right? So airlines are rethinking their service in the pandemic. Planes are meant to fly long range, filling up with higher paying passengers traveling abroad. If demand for international travel comes back, the airline will wind down the practice of flying from Chicago to Orlando. And they'll move the smaller planes back because the, the, the returns are smaller domestically than they are internationally. But for the summer... The best example I can give you is if I were to go from Chicago to Orlando and I were to get on a Dreamliner, I I can't wait to fly on one. I hope it happens in my lifetime. I know you're saying that's nerdy. It kind of is. It's one of the reasons I like Boeing. And it's one of the reasons Boeing was a great stock to buy during the pandemic. If you had the cojones that the pandemic wasn't going to wipe out 60, 70, 80% of the world population, Boeing made a lot of sense that they would eventually come back. But to fly a Dreamliner from Chicago to Orlando, it's like f- taking a Porsche to church on Sundays. It, it's a little bit overkill. You may want to arrive in the family wagon so that other families don't look at you. I did a crazy dig deep into religion in America and uh, how many participants go to church and are given up church and or not given up church fascinating data digs there. But that's not what this show is about. Rob Black and your religious service. Nope. This is Rob Black and your money. 
Domestic leisure travel has largely recovered from a year ago. International bookings and service are still oppressed due to quarantine requirements. Like I said, my brother Michael, he wasn't able to come home from my mother's funeral. Um, I don't know. So the international angle still doesn't quite feel right. Although the Olympics are going to go on. And then we're going to start talking about the Japan Olympics in 2021, the Winter Olympics in China in 2022. That's going to turn into a poop show. It's looking like who's going to boycott the Chinese Olympics due to uh, human abuse issues. What countries are going to go, what countries are not going to go. Who's going to flex their political might? Who's going to cave? Who's not going to cave? I don't even want to talk about that one. Delta is going to be using Boeing 767s, which it usually uses for long-haul international travel. But the 767s are going to take us from Atlanta to Denver, to Vegas, to San Diego, uh, to Minneapolis, where its hub is. Shorter flights like anything connecting into Phoenix. The idea is to fill up the biggest boat you can find with low-cost seats. And then once those start showing signs of life internationally, start moving those seats, the bigger planes, to more international routes because you can get more bang for your buck there. It's weird to think of airlines as big buses in the sky, but that's essentially what they are, right? So with Disneyland reopening, it's going to be interesting to see how the airlines try to manage peak and vaccination rates into their business model of things like Disneyland. American Airlines wants to restore capacity to more than 90% of its domestic 2019 schedule this summer. So we're getting there pretty fast, right? Now again, the international probably going to be a 2022, maybe a 2023 story. I line up on the side of science and herd immunity. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not confident we're going to get there. Uh, America is a divided country, politically speaking, scientifically speaking, vaccination speaking. So I'm expecting a booster shot, which probably means I may not do international travel. I'm trying to show you how the psychology works here. I would love to do international travel. But until we put this pandemic and all the iterations of COVID into its proper place, it just doesn't make sense for me. For me, for you, something different. United normally flies more domestic trips using wide-body planes than other U.S. carriers. So there's a lot to study, a lot to watch on the uh, the buses in the sky, for lack of a better word. It's a 90% capacity for domestic flights. Uh, I like where we're going, domestically speaking. Um, 70 to 90% in the first summer after the pandemic or the first summer through the pandemic vaccination summer. I don't know what we're calling this period of time. 70 to 90% sounds pretty encouraging. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. If you need- 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, I throw a lot of ideas out. Hopefully, I can get some good ones in there this segment. But one that I want to hit on briefly is The Simpsons. One of the things I do is I'll read uh, Variety and other entertainment magazines to help find content to kind of piece together what's happening in streaming. But one of the things I saw that was of note was there was a parody of maybe Morrissey on The Simpsons this weekend. And I go back in time in my head to like, when was the first time I saw The Simpsons? And I'm not a big Simpsons fan. I'm not a nut. I probably went through a year or two years where I watched Sunday night television would include The Simpsons. But that is long faded. And yet it's still on. Wow. Shows like Friends, shows like The Office that can create six, seven, eight year phenomenons can create a lot of episodes, a lot of content. The segment might as well be called, is content king or is the road king? Is it the company who delivers the service or is it the the service that they're delivering, which is more important? Facebook's fascinating because they're just a delivery mechanism and we give them all the ammo. We give them pictures of our ugly kids and then we're like, hey, come take a look at my ugly kid. And while you're at it, you'll see an ad for baby shower gifts. We give all of the content to Facebook. Other companies have to pay for content, right? You can see why the business model is much more profitable for companies like Facebook who are competing for eyeballs with Fox, but Fox has to pay for the Simpsons. Whereas Facebook is competing for the same eyeballs, and those eyeballs are turned into advertisements. Those advertisements pay the bills for both Fox and Facebook, and you can see how different the business models are. So I pulled up The Simpsons because Morrissey, I was like, maybe I could turn this into a segment. Maybe I can, maybe I can't, I don't know. He's angry because it depicts him as kind of a lunatic, which for the record, I think he was kind of a lunatic. The Simpsons are saying, no, it was really a hodgepodge of three or four front men, including him, but he's not the main character. Don't sue us. But The Simpsons have been on for 32 years and counting. When I pulled up the IMBD of the cast, they're all old. But they're, they've been all doing voices for 32 years. Yeardley Smith, Julie Kavner, Nancy Cartwright, Dan Castanella, Matt Groening. Like, it's crazy. Um, Sam Simon was one of the creators. Sam Simon passed away from cancer. Even though you have billions of dollars, cancer's going to get you one day. There's so many little lessons inside The Simpsons that you don't even know you're picking up. Um, they've done 701 episodes. Someone has seen every one of them. I'm not that person. But you've also seen some social issues coming up. Um, tied towards the Indian Slurpee machine guy, Apu, which reminds me of one of my favorite metrics, ARPU. Um, average revenue per user which is kind of a Facebook metric. But having a white dude voice an Indian character, it's no longer acceptable. Um, and I'm not here to like pass judgment on positive or negatives of that. 
I'm just saying, even the freaking fracking Simpsons can get themselves in hot water. Um, after 32 years, you'd think that it's largely ignored. It's still going strong. I don't know. There's something to be said for having a funny voice. <laughs> I used to think I, I had like two impressions, and none of them were good. One was like Fozzie Bear. I, I even have a Kermit impression. I had Fozzie kind of thing. That's not going to take you long in life or far. Anyhow, and anyway, let's get back to stocks and investing. GameStop shares are jumping today. CEO's gone. Interesting. Anytime a CEO leaves, you're like, well, maybe they're going to do a pivot from the store where we used to all clamor and go, ooh, the new Madden's out. Let's camp out in front of GameStop tonight and get our, our hard version copied tomorrow when it opens. Now you just download it. There's no reason to go to the store. This was a company that was dying. It felt like it had been hit and left for dead on the internet superhighway. It felt like a weakened animal. And then the average Joe got involved on Reddit. And the lore started jumping crazy. Well, what happens if they pivot? What happens if they get a cash infusion? Well, no. What if the stock goes higher? They sell some of the shares of the stock and they have that cash infusion. Not from you know, a, a check from a private company, but from you, the average Joe who's pushed the stock higher. GameStop announced a billion-dollar stock sale at the beginning of April to accelerate its e-commerce transition, led by activist investor and board member Ryan Cohen, who is Chewy's co-founder. So out goes the old business model, CEO who knows how to manage physical retail space. In comes the new CEO who knows how to handle sending stuff out from factory, uh, not factories, but uh, distribution centers to customers. Making customers feel important. Chewy does dog food. But what Chewy does well is they ask you, what's your dog's name? And give us a picture of your dog. And then they, they refer to you as 0110101, mommy and daddy. And you're like, oh, you get this bond now with your dog because they're referred to you as a mommy and daddy. I'm like, oh, I got mommy and daddy has to get baby doggy a dog treat for Christmas. So Chewy, if they can get that connection with video gamers, could uh, not Chewy, but GameStop, if they can get that connection with video gamers, is there something to be said for that? I, maybe it's a a point system, a reward system that has to be introduced. Something has to happen because the idea of going to a physical retail store. It feels like very 1990s. But GameStop shares jump after the CEO steps down. Roaring Kitty has raised his stake. He did an options trade where he won big in the last 90 days. And he just rolled it right over. Took nothing off the table. He bet bigger. Doubling down is, if you will, forgoing millions of dollars in quick profit on options. And saying, I think it goes higher. I hate the fact that I'm doing a story and I'm quoting someone as Roaring Kitty. I don't know. <laughs> Is that, are you with me on that one? That, that just feels weird. Um, it's still nothing that I'll play with, but I understand other people out there want to. Holders of cult-like assets, crypto, are putting pressure on the stock market right now. In the sense that there's only so much real money 
from dollars that you bank going around. And people have gotten kind of hooked on this government stimulus. Let's invest it. But then crypto is taken away from the GameStops. GameStop is taken away from the Apples. Apples taken away from the Intels. Intels is taken away from the Goldman Sachs. There's only so much that we can be infatuated with, in my mind. 800 1220 to get your calls on the air. Microsoft's got a Netflix for gaming service launching on iPhones and PC this week. Let's think about that for just a second. Netflix is a subscription service. Apple will store your photos online for a buck ninety nine a month, two ninety nine a month, five ninety nine a month, whatever. But it's a subscription. If you don't pay it that month, your your photos will disappear. Whoa. So Microsoft is introducing a Netflix for gaming service. The Xbox Cloud Gaming Service, previously known as XCloud, will begin rolling out betas to iPhones, iPads, and PCs this week. Xbox Cloud Gaming is sort of like a Netflix for games, letting you stream games to your device instead of using a video game console. It's going to be interesting because the amount of stickiness that Microsoft gets will tell you if it's a success or failure, and they'll shut it down if they have to. Does it sound like a no-brainer to me? It does not. But then again, I'm not 18 years old clamoring for this content. Xbox Cloud Gaming was on track to launch for iPhones and iPads earlier, but Apple updated its App Store rules in September that impacted services like Xbox Gaming and Google Stadia. Apple's move forced the companies to use web browsers to redesign their services so they could circumvent the App Store rules. It's going to work like Netflix for gaming. People will subscribe for $15 a month. You can access more than 100 video games that you will be able to stream and play. That streaming service is already available for Android. It'll be rolled out into 22 countries. It'll continue to invite new users. So there'll be some incremental build that Microsoft will be able to report in their quarterly earnings. Of, oh, we went from just 2 million users, subscribers, to 5 million, 5 million to 7 million, 7 million, 10 million. And then we'll be like, ah, 10 million sounds like a good number. You just need a Bluetooth or USB controller for most games. Um, I don't know anyone who is streaming games and not downloading them. Uh, but I'll, I'll be on top of the story because I own shares of Microsoft. I own shares of Microsoft for multiple reasons including the the video game services that they have. And essentially you have kind of a three-man race between Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony for the video game king. Don't forget Apple. But Microsoft is making a move on Apple hardware with a subscription service. Very intriguing. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thank you for listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. We've had a long lifetime relationship, many of us. 
I've been doing this for 25 odd years now. Going to be rolling on a podcast sometime in 2021. I wanted to do it by March 15th, but missed that deadline. Got to look at some logo samples and some ideas last week, so get in there, but slowly. Elon Musk says Starlink should be fully mobile by the end of 2021, allowing customers to use at any address or in moving vehicles. It's a satellite internet hardware kind of business where you're like, okay. So one of the reasons he's going into space is put satellites up there so we can get internet in rural places where we can't get fast internet. We can only get slow internet. So he's doing, he's starting another business. He's a fascinating man. I wish he wasn't so, how shall we say, uh, polarizing? But I, he is the Steve Jobs of the 21st century. Him and Jeff Bezos. And sadly, I think I feel like Jeff Bezos got sucked into the Trump Washington Post world. Because before that, we were talking about Jeff Bezos. Oh, he's coming up with a new healthcare company. Oh, he's coming up with a, a 3D-dimensional holographic phone. Now we're like, he's the richest man. He's got a divorce. He's still the richest man. What will he do? Build a Death Star? We don't know. But I feel like some of the innovation at Amazon doesn't feel to be front and center at this point. And it's all fallen on Tesla. Which, again, I'm okay with. Taking a look at the stock markets, uh, S&P has gone up in each of the last four weeks. So, if you're looking at your 401k, which everyone who works should have a 401k, in my opinion, or a 403b, very similar products. 403bs are a retirement vehicle that's not taxed until you retire and start withdrawing from it. So you're not paying federal tax. It grows capital gains tax-free. There's there's a lot of tax advantages to it, right? But when the S&P 500 is up four weeks in a row, if you're not sitting at an all-time high, you should be in your 401k or darn near close. I could say that seven out of ten years. You think I'm smart? I'm just playing statistics. I'm very, very good at stats. Three out of four people make up 75% of all people. See? See what I just did there? SP 500, NASDAQ 100, Dow Jones Industrial Average, SP 5, SP Midcap 400 all hit record highs last week. 81% of companies have reported so far have exceeded expectations. We are in earnings season starting week two. This week we get some big boys like Coca Cola, Harley Davidson. Coca Cola. Harley-Davidson beat. Coca-Cola's rising. Um, shares of Hog, Harley-Davidson. Um, I always freak out saying different words on radio because I'm not sure if, like... I've been disciplined for words that I'm allowed to say that they don't want me saying in that context. But Harley-Davidson has a, a classic motto, motto, motto. Uh, and it's basically put your butt cheeks on class. It rhymes with class. Um, they're doing okay. Over the weekend, Tesla is falling today because over the weekend there was reports that two men in Texas died in an accident with their Tesla allegedly in autopilot mode. There was no driver. What, what, what? <laughs> 
there was no driver. And these guys burned to death to like crispy crisp. Like there was a 12 hour fire. Um, five years ago, Tesla's stock would be down 30 to 40% on that news. Today they're down 2%. Peloton's in the news today. If you have a dog, a cat, or a young child, do not put them next to the Peloton treadmill for now. Why? Because there's been some pretty hardcore accidents of, of things getting sucked under the treadmill. Not the bike, the treadmill. Um, that is not as, Peloton is not as mature as Tesla is, believe it or not. Therefore, they're going to get hit harder on that negative news than Tesla on their negative news over the weekend. One is considered still new at this game, Peloton. One's been through a couple car accidents, Tesla. But it's never a good thing when the Consumer Product Safety Commission says, you shouldn't use your Peloton treadmill near kids. Elsewhere, uh, Bitcoin had a wild ride this weekend, decline of as much as 14%. There's concerns the U.S. Treasury is looking in to crack down on the money laundering, and China is looking at it as an alternative investment that they're willing to experiment maybe on during the 2022 Olympics in China. Some slightly good news. I don't even know. Is slightly good news? What sort of news is this? 50% of adults in the United States have received at least one shot of the COVID vaccine. I'm going to set up a kissing booth because I've gotten my one shot. I know you're saying, you're kidding, right? I'm 100% kidding. But if you want to put in an application for being Rob Black's next wife, let's just say uh, the current one just hit an age milestone that may mean time to replace her. I know you're saying, are you being sexist? Because you're not allowed to be that. Oh, no, no, no. Sexist is okay again. So now you just have to be politically correct on other issues. Kidding. I joke. I'm thoroughly happy. <laughs> 50 is the new 60. No, no, no. 25 is the new 50, as I like to say. But I digress. Anyway, and anyhow, um, let's take a look before we call it a show today at Bitcoin, because it had a dramatic weekend. Oil's at $63 a barrel. I'm good with that. Gold's at $1,772. Nothing dramatic going on there. Ten-year treasury at 1.6%. I'm okay with. Bitcoin, a little bit of a recovery today after the weekend, but it was a scary weekend for Bitcoin investors. Uh, sitting at 56543 so kind of stabilizing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Let's hope for seminars this fall. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.